Hey guys, I'm Danielle. And I'm Joe. Welcome to If, if Walls, Walls Could Talk. Talk. We're the owners of Style & Structure. We build and renovate custom homes. We're going to talk about everything from purchasing a lot to building your dream home. There's a lot that goes on behind the build. And we are gonna talk about all of it with guest speakers, experts in the field, designers, and real homeowners. And oh man, if walls could talk. Thanks for joining us today on an episode of If Walls Could Talk. I'm Danielle. And I'm Joe. And today we are going to walk you through how to find a lot. The podcast really is designed around the entire build process. We really wanna take homeowners through top to bottom, what does it look like when you are building your own home on your own lot? But our first step is really finding the lot. Absolutely. Finding the perfect lot for your dream home, um, you know, is really a big question. How do you find the perfect lot? Yeah. And I do think it also kickstarts the whole process too. It's, you know, a lot of people come to us and want to start designing their home. And really we design around your lot. We design around your views. There's a lot of foundational things we have to consider. So that really is the first step. Yeah, and just really knowing more about like what you're looking for in a lot uh, really kicks it off. Maybe you already have land that you got from a family member or you've just had this parcel for many years and just never really kicked it off. But this is your dream lot, um, and we can really help you find a way to get a perfect home on that lot. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of things that we do just before we even start searching for lots. Let's say a homeowner doesn't have a lot and they're looking for one. We always tell them, come to us for a couple reasons first. You know, some people think, oh, I'm gonna buy the lot and then start talking to builders. But a builder can really bring a lot of insight to your overall cost. So although we're not gonna design your floor plan without the lot, we can still give you some high level estimates to start off with. So frankly, you know what kind of budget that you need to stay within when looking for the lot, because those can range pretty dramatically. Yeah, there's many things with the lot that, you know, are pretty uh, much the same from lot to lot. You know, maybe it's your well or your septic cost. And we're going to have a pretty good idea, like where your lot's located or where you're looking um, to those costs. Um, but other things are really lot specific. So, you know, if you want a wooded lot, we can give you an idea of tree takedown or length of driveway if you want acreage lots. So there's just a lot of things to consider. There is. And I think, again, before you actually purchase, if you're narrowing in with your real estate agent on maybe two, three lots, that is the perfect time for a builder to come in. Not when you're on the early end and there's still you know 50 or more lots that you might be considering, but it's really at that stage where you're narrowing in on those. Then a builder, our company, Style & Structure, can come out to a lot and give you those ballpark estimates saying, you know, hey, here's what we're seeing at first look without doing any, you know, if they don't have soil testing or a survey, here's what we're seeing and here's kind of that range we can consider for your budget. So Danielle, can you explain just somebody comes to us and they say, gosh, we really want to be on an acreage lot. We really like a walkout, maybe a rambler. Um, where do they start? Well, I think as far as the overall lot process, you know, we really have laid it out in six steps. So there's six steps that we think are key to figuring out that lot before you actually close on it. So the first one is just to have your builder out to the lot. Is take a peek again. If you're at that stage where you're narrowing down, um, break, get us all the information. If there's any details. So sometimes these lots have absolutely nothing on them, but most of them we hope at least have a survey, 
Um, sometimes we get lucky and have some soil testing already done mm-hmm. on the lot. Whatever information you have, send it to the builder because we can do a lot of prep work before we even come out to that lot. Yeah, and we actually have a checklist that we use for that. It just has a, a wide range of questions, and it might be, are there utilities on site? Do you know if this is going to be natural gas or maybe propane? Um, do you know if it has a mound system for a septic or is it conventional? Just a lot of these things you might not know, but everything you do know is really an advantage um, mm-hmm. to help us figure out the lot costs. Yeah, so we do like to do a lot of prep work before ever seeing the actual parcel. And then, you know, that kind of moves on quickly to step two. Once we have that, all that information, we'll schedule a site visit and we'll go see the lot and any information that a homeowner didn't have on the lot, those are the things that we're going to be researching when we're out there. Yeah. And I just want to touch on something real quick. So, you know, maybe it's a lot that you've had in the family for a while um, or you're looking at purchasing it. Talking to the neighbors is actually a really good source of information. Oh, yeah. You know, it might be the neighbor is going to say, gosh, you know, I grew up here and I remember there used to be an old barn um, that they tore down years ago and I think they just buried it. Well, now we know we need to get some uh, some soil engineering done and maybe the foundation's under there. We don't know what's under there. It's amazing how much information neighbors know. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we build a lot of homes in Stillwater, Minnesota, because that's where we're based out of. And a lot of properties that we've looked at have been on the bluffs. So that's a really good one to know, whether it's neighbors or, you know, a well company that's been out to that surrounding area. That can really help us put a proposal together for a homeowner because they've they've been to the neighboring lots. They know the depth and, you know. There could be bedrock buried, any number of things. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to put an estimate out there before digging a hole. So it's nice to get as accurate as possible so there aren't any surprises or hopefully minimize those. Yep. You'd be surprised the number of surprises we've dug up on jobs. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why, you know, a lot of people when they're shopping builders, I've had so many of our homeowners say, gosh, I've called every builder I could think of and they don't do build on your lot. And that's not as common of a thing as you would think just because it is unique. There are so many unknowns and to a lot of builders, that's just something they don't want to get into. They like having their own pre-designed, pre-developed neighborhoods that they you know, understand each lot and the cost to those. And so it's definitely unique to have a builder like us who specializes in build on your lot and really understands all the details that go into it so that we can eliminate as many surprises as possible. Yeah, it's definitely different to to go onto a lot that has a building pad already Mm -hmm. pre-established. But a lot of the lots that we get into are, you know, acreage and they've never been touched before. It's been, you know, either wooded land or farmland through all these years. So we're really starting from the beginning like a developer would, but we're just doing the single lot, mm-hmm. um, which is a challenge, but it's also exciting because we get to really take the natural contours of the land, the lot, and design the perfect house around that. I love that. I mean, really, it's just my favorite thing because right now we're working with a client. How many acres is that one up in Grant? Oh, gosh. I think that's about 25 or 30. Yeah. And you know, as you can imagine, on a lot that size, there's so many different places that we mm-hmm. can put the house. So when we did our site visit with those homeowners, we're walking around and talking about all the different possibilities. 
and not just kind of what it would cost because obviously as you extend the driveway or things like that you know that can add cost but also how are they going to use the space do they want a bigger front yard or backyard and you know what are the, the views going to look like so there's just so many things that we're taking into consideration until we found that perfect spot yeah do we want to walk out do we want a flat lot so they can just have outdoor living out of their back door mm-hmm. um you know everything about it's is interesting yeah you know, it's interesting a lot with the the walkout, lookout lot, or flat basement. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody for the longest time, it's like, okay, I want a walkout rambler. That was always the thing I would hear from clients when they're searching for a lot. And, you know, you start diving into how they're going to use the space. And you're like, okay, well, why do you want a rambler? Well, I just want that main floor living. I don't want any stairs. I just, I'm like, okay, but if we were to do a flat lot, I mean, you still get the basement space. You still get that storage, the theater room, the guest bedrooms. But if you're really thinking about no stairs, flats, flat lots are the most ideal because then, you know, you see that a lot in like Florida, Arizona, that properties that don't even have a basement and their outdoor space is part of their main floor. It's like an indoor, outdoor living space yeah it really extends the main floor doesn't it it really does you just walk right out to this patio or your pool so we've really seen an uptick in people that are actually looking for flat lots over that walkout yeah and just uh you know some people have very strong feelings on the walkout versus uh the the flat basement do you remember the lot that we the uh walkout was a non-negotiable and they're basically in a cornfield. Oh, yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> it was a flat cornfield. Yes, it was. So we had to build it up to make it a walkout. So yes. it was definitely doable because they had the space. I think we were like on 40 acres. Yep. So we had the space to really move dirt around, but the retaining walls were massive. I've never seen retaining walls like this on our property. But I think they had talked to a couple other builders that said, no, this is a completely flat lot. It's not a walkout lot, which at first glance, no, it wasn't. But, you know, we really worked with our engineers and, you know, gosh, if we bring the driveway in a certain way, it's not going to feel too steep. We can build it up, put some retaining walls in. All the drainage came right to the front into a retention pond. You go by it now and you'd think that this was always a walkout lot. Yeah. And the retaining walls that we put in, although pretty expensive, it made such a beautiful landscape. Oh, it's gorgeous. it, It looked great when it was all said and done but it took a little bit of extra effort to make that happen yeah but again it's like okay if the walkout lot's important to you that's someone who actually really uses a basement and so they want that basement nice bright open i mean it's a whole nother level of your home so i definitely get i'm not a big basement user we have this gorgeous finished basement with a walkout and i mean now that our kids are getting a little older we kind of use that basement space but um yeah, I just never go down there. So for me, if it, I would pick the flat lot. Sure. What about you, Joe? What would you take? Boy, it's a toss-up. I used to always think like you that the walkout was everything. Um, now I'm changing my mind. I'm, I really yeah. like that uh, that main floor living. Yeah, I just love it so much. So, well, so we've got you know that first step. We're gonna get all that information on the lot. The second step, we're gonna go see the lot and just collect and kind of finish that checklist. So anything that we couldn't get from your documents, the rest of that checklist we're really filling out and just gathering as much information as we can. 
But then, you know, that third step is now we can really put together some numbers for our homeowners. So we really want to get as detailed as possible on this. Again, once we start getting to the stage where trades are out there, there could be some adjustments, but this is the stage where we're getting you some nice ballpark numbers so that you know, you know, if this lot is $200,000 and, you know, you have another over $100,000 to spend just on lot prep, that might put you out of the budget for the home that you want. It's all part of your package, right? Right. And yeah. that's a piece that's constantly ignored on the front end. You know, a lot of people just price out the home be like, we're, the, we're your builder, so we're just going to tell you what the home is going to cost. But I just think it's so important that a homeowner has all the details at their fingertips from the lot, lot condition, and the home. I agree. And there's just so much that goes into it. So we really try to uncover, you know, every stone and, and really know what we're looking at. Um, and I know this kind of leads into step four, but... Um, you know, really making sure that if we need to spend some extra money on maybe soil engineering or stuff like that, that we know what's on the lot and under the lot. Yeah. Um, there's a couple stories of things we found while we were, you know, building a house and digging a foundation that, holy cow, we were not expecting this. And now mm-hmm. that the prices really went up where, you know, had we taken the, the time up front to really do the soil engineering, uh, that would have been taken care of. So that's, it's standard in our process now. Yeah. So step four, we say, is to put an offer on that lot with contingencies. Because if it's a good lot, it's going to go. Those lots go really quickly because homeowners a lot of times will buy lots and sit on them. So they get scooped up very quickly. So it's putting that offer on with a contingency. We say anywhere from 30 to 60 days is plenty of time for a builder just to collect a little bit more information. But during that time... So again, we put that estimate together on step three, but we do put a lot of, you know, warnings on the estimate. Here's what we know without diving into the soil, without the details. So here's what we can confirm if you get a soil test, if you do, you know, all these next steps. So we kind of explain that to each of our homeowners and we highly recommend it to do it in the contingency period get as much information i know it's really hard sometimes for homeowners to spend money on ordering a survey or getting those soil tests when they don't even own the lot yet we're still in contingency they might not ever close but it's better to find out that information and not be surprised after you now own the lot we're putting a shovel in the ground and we're like oh geez there's you know we're running into some issues yeah and just uh, a quick story on that. I just remember the time, you know, people found their perfect lot, no problems. They said, well, we don't need a, you know, a soil engineer to look at this. We know what, you know, everything about this lot. And we started digging and we hit a little piece of metal. We thought, well, okay, we're going to dig in. It's more metal. It's more metal. We uncovered a bus. A whole bus? An entire bus was buried on this property. and. Oh. <laughs> I don't know the history of it or anything about it, and it wasn't really that big a deal. We, you know, dug the thing up and got it out of there, and there was nothing around it. But it's just like, wow, what else are we gonna find? We were nervous at first, but um, you just never know. That is crazy. <laughs> I mean, we've ran into a lot of challenges on lots. So, you know, one of them was a homeowner that came to us with an already purchased lot. So, we were gonna make this work. There was no testing, unfortunately, done to the lot. When we got our soil engineers out there, 
they said this lot is unbuildable we can't put a septic system in here and i'm like mm-hmm. what are you talking about i mean it was in an actual neighborhood there were tons of houses built all around and we were just shocked and they said it was you know kind of the um soil dump site for all the other lots if there's any additional fill they were piling it on this lot so there's no usable soil for the septic system yeah right yes and then we we pushed them we're like well that's we got to figure this out because the homeowners already own it luckily there was a tree line which usually means there's some good usable soil now it's a little further than we expected to put the septic system and added quite a bit of cost to the homeowner but it was buildable yes thank goodness (laughs) i know i know and then what was that one that we looked at that was like an old um they uh, like um they mined for rocks and stuff there like they basically took out all the good soil yes (laughs) yes they um what well, was a very sandy lot? We knew there was like sugar sand in that area. Yeah. And these areas just awesome to build on because the soil's firm. You can take a lot of water. And we started digging, and it was like, what is this clay muck that we're digging up here? It's not natural here, but it's exactly what uh, excavator did in the past. Is they dug up this really good soil to bring in as fill someplace else, and that was the dump yard for all the neighborhood crap. And now we we're left to deal with it. And that's why it was the last lot on the market. Yeah. And quite a bit of an expense for the homeowners who unfortunately had already purchased the lot. Yes. So we had to just figure something out where had it been on the front end, they brought a builder in, we could have done the soil tests, got them that information. And then that doesn't totally mean that you're not purchasing the lot. It's just now you have the information of what that challenge is going to cost you. Yeah, and even, you know, that comes into play once in a while if there is a building pad. Um, You know, they build it to the building pad. This is probably what the house is going to be like. Well, we have some options of maybe making the house a little bit bigger, a little bit deeper, and you might get pushed off that building pad a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Our first model was like that, where, you know, okay, that back little bump out was off the building pad. Should be fine, but let's test it. Well, we went down there, too, and there was no usable soil for quite a ways down so we had to dig it out put a much deeper foundation in fill it with structural rock and it was definitely doable mm-hmm. um, and in this case it was only you know three or four thousand dollars over and above what the foundation would be but again it's a cost that might not be accounted for early on yeah and again anything we can do to avoid surprises the better but sometimes you know until we can get a shovel in there's just no way of doing that yeah but that was a tough one I remember because you know the building pad was not in a very ideal position. The way that they designed it was the building pad was so far forward. Mm-hmm. And then the two neighboring houses were so far back and it looked odd. It was like, you know, it was how they planned it. If we wanted to, we could have built it that way because that was the neighborhood association intention of how they designed everything. Yeah. And, yeah, the homeowner didn't want it, we didn't want it, and the neighbors sure as heck did not want it. And it would have it. felt odd to do that. It would have felt odd. So we moved it back, and we had a lot of challenges to figure it out, and uh, we ultimately made it work, but that yeah, that was a lot of work. Yes. And we were already under construction on that one, so we were like, you know, you don't want to lose time. We had a parade of homes that we were trying to yeah. get to, and, and then we get to leave it all to Joe to, to figure that out and not <laughs> <laughs> lose any time in the schedule. Yeah, but it turned out beautiful. It turned out perfect. And now it 
lines up beautifully with all the other houses. You never knew we would have any challenges That's at all. That's right. So, um, so moving on to kind of all of our steps. So we've we've mentioned the first four steps out of six. So after we're in that contingency stage, we talked about step five a little bit, but basically step five is to have the trades come out and firm up bids. So like we mentioned, whether that's soil test being taken taken in or we have you know our tree removal guy that comes out and gives us just firm bids. Mm-hmm. So we have pretty good idea just based on previous projects what things are gonna cost us, but it's best to get just a solid bid for each of our homeowners. Yeah, and it's amazing how um, you know different trades really have an idea just off the top of their head. They'll get out to the lot, they'll look at it, and we'll just walk the the area with them. Like, this is how many trees we want to take down, and they can give us a bid pretty quick. Or even the septic guy, he'll might you know, well, I know this area because I did the lot three doors down. This is going to be a mound system, and it's going to be this much money. Or you know, same with the well guy. Every well in this area is down four hundred feet. So it's going to be this much. So we can really dial those numbers in pretty close once we have people on site and they get their eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then step six, our final one is to actually close on the lot. So at this point, you've got as much information as you possibly can get for the lot. Everything's panning out exactly like you want and we want to close on it. Now there's a couple different things with a lot closing. So, you know, if you're coming in with cash, it's very simple. Do the closing. You can get that handled pretty quickly. But typically, if it's a loan, if we're doing a construction to perm loan, we have a few options. So you can close on the lot immediately and then, you know, basically time out the build and the house loan a little bit down the road and combine both of them. But a lot of our homeowners actually want to close one time with the lot, the house, just get the whole package wrapped up. So to do that, we have to start designing your home. We have to get the information. Your lender's not going to close on your home loan without knowing what it looks like and how much it costs. So we can get that stuff put together during your contingency period. And then we can basically close on the whole package where pretty soon after you're closing on the lot, we can start build. We got to finish up permits. We have to finish selections, but there's a lot we can do while you're just finalizing the closing of the lot. So what if the concern is, you know, gosh, it's this perfect piece of property, um, but the homes, the neighboring homes maybe aren't worth quite as much as what I'm planning to spend here. And we're a little bit worried about the appraisal value. Well, it really depends on the area and the neighborhood. So if we're talking about really large parcels, there's some flexibility. You know, if you're looking at 10 plus acres, they're not treating that like a neighborhood. So you you will see, you know, 40 acre parcels with a multi-million dollar home and then a lot of neighboring farmhouses that aren't nearly as much. And that's actually pretty typical when we're talking about large lots. So that's something with the right lender, they can understand, you know, the difference between each of those neighborhoods and and just the value of having that privacy and large lot. And they'll kind of try to find a nearby neighborhood and just basically expand the radius of where they're pulling that appraisal. But it is challenging. I don't know how appraisers do their job with that, really. Mm -hmm. But it's 
we we get it figured out. But you really do need, you know, every lender says they can do a construction to perm loan, but you really need the right lender when it's built on your lot. Construction to perm can happen in a neighborhood where there's a bunch of houses, really easy comps, you're right at the same price point. Of course any lender can do that for new construction. Mm -hmm. But it is really unique to have a good experience, be able to appraise well with a lender on build on your lot. And move through that process quickly. Yeah. But if a homeowner comes to us with an existing neighborhood, you know, a lot of times we build on, you know, these beautiful neighborhoods and they all have one acre lots or maybe two and a half acre lots, but there's a lot of houses, they have an association. That is something that we will guide you through the design process. We do think it's important to make sure you're staying within appraisal value. And we get a lot of homeowners that say, well, this is my forever home. So I just, I really want this, which is great. But the realtor side of me says, okay, but we still need to make sure <laughs> it's, it's value there. You know, you can do whatever you want. It's only going to appraise for what the market says it should appraise and you can bring as much cash to the table as you want. But we always say, make sure to keep it within that resale value. And we will work with homeowners on that of how do we get everything that you want within that? Or maybe it's not the right lot for you. And we look for something that would be, you know, work better for what you're trying to build. I think that's pretty important to point out because we hear a lot of people say, this is my forever house. And then it's five to seven years later and you know, the kids have maybe moved away and Things change. Things change fast in your life. Or they got a job offer in Florida. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's just, you want to think if any home that you move into, if I had to stay here, I could. And I love it. Whether you had to remodel or update it. Yeah. But you want to think, okay, could I stay here? Great. So it's not a bad thing to think this is my forever home in that sense. But just with the mindset knowing things could always change, that move could possibly happen, and I wanna make sure I'm getting my, my money back and actually making a great investment. Keeping your options open. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot to consider when it comes to the lot, your build, lending, and we're really gonna talk about all of it in this podcast. We're talking through every step and just really breaking it down because we realize working in this industry it's stuff that just comes, you know, like second nature to us and we're around it all the time. But if this is your first time building or maybe your first time building on your own lot, you will understand this is going to be completely different than when you built in an existing neighborhood. So we want to make sure that it's just very clear of all the steps that you're going to go to so you can enjoy the process. It's a fun process. If it's organized, you know what to expect. Um, yeah, and we just want to make sure everybody enjoys themselves. Yeah, it, it is stressful. It's stressful because, you know, you're spending probably the most money you've ever spent on a, you know, your dream home. Um, but to make it fun, that's that's our job. We love what we're doing, and we want to make you love it as well. Yeah. So, Joe, we posted a question on Instagram asking okay. all of our followers kind of what questions do you have on the build and specifically kind of that front-end process either you know at the start of the build or finding your lot. So we wanted to read a few questions that we thought were really great. And frankly, we hear quite a bit from our homeowners when they're first starting with us. So we did cover some of this in the podcast, but we just wanna make sure um, that your questions are answered. So Joe, I'm gonna ask the first one. So uh, one of our followers said, what are my first steps to start building a custom home? 
Well, I think we covered a lot of that here. Um, you know, the first step is really understanding what you want in a lot and understanding the type of home you want to live in. I think, to, yeah, so finding that lot is key for that first step. Yeah. But then also planning it. I mean, we want to make sure we're planning out your home, getting you pricing, and just kind of starting that design idea phase. We really do collect a lot of inspiration images from homeowners so that when we are putting pricing together, we're a lot more accurate. You know, if we're pricing you at, you know, the low end stuff and you're looking at, you know, some more upgraded designs, you know, it's just, it's not accurate information to you. And then you're going to be really upset that you're getting low bald numbers. So it's really understanding your design, your taste and finding that lot. And I think it's important to, you know, realistic budget. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of people in, in the industry that, or people that think builders in the industry are going to say, well, you know, if I tell you I have a million dollars to spend, you're going to come in at 999000 or, you know, right. or right in there. That's really not the case. We don't try to just maximize your budget because it's some artificial number. Mm-hmm. We try to fit everything you want into your budget yeah um, and then be realistic about it too like if you have a million and dollar budget but the things you're looking for are going to be two million well we're going to be honest with you and, and tell you know we, we better maybe back off some square footage or or there's a lot of things we can do to come into your budget mm-hmm. that is such a common thing where people are afraid to talk numbers mm-hmm. and we really try to be blunt on our end so our homeowners can also be blunt with us because yeah holding those cards back if you don't tell me your budget i mean we we could design you a eight hundred thousand dollar home a two million dollar home a five million dollar home like it's just going to be a waste of your time if we don't understand at least the range Mm -hmm. now we get a lot of homeowners that say hey i i'm hoping to be around seven or eight hundred but i'm approved for up to a million I don't want to go to the my approval. Fine. That's totally fine. We will do everything we can to design around that 800000 And a lot of times what we'll do is say, hey, we heard everything that you want in a home. Here's what you can do for 800000 And then we'll option out some of those other things that they're asking for, like the outdoor kitchen or the sport court. You know, hey, these things will take you above that intended budget. And then it's their choice. I mean... You could do it later. You could add it now if you're approved for it. But, you know, we want to make sure we're as transparent as possible so people have all the facts and then they can make an educated decision. I think that's pretty unique uh, in what Style and Structure does, too, is being as transparent as we are. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really to our benefit to be that transparent so they can make those decisions and make educated decisions. Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, for the homeowners that work with us, are the type of people that really appreciate that transparency. You know, they realize, okay, you guys were not the lowest bid that came in, but, you know, often we hear we were the most detailed bid. Mm -hmm. So they really understand that we thought through everything that they potentially could spend. They can always pull things out, but we really do try to think through all of that. And then, you know, frankly, we do lose some jobs because of that, because maybe we're a little too transparent, but I would rather do it that way than have angry homeowners at constant surprises throughout the process yeah very true yeah all right so we've got another question joe why don't you read that one 
Is it better to buy an empty lot or tear down? Ooh. That's a good question. We've done a lot of both. We really have. We do new homes and remodeling. So, um, you know, it's kind of a trick question because we get a lot of people that come to us and say, hey, we have this house we bought. It's going to need a lot of remodeling. We know that. Um, can you guys come in and give us a bid to remodel? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll put together some numbers and, boy, now it's almost to the tipping point where, gosh, it's going to cost almost as much to remodel as it is to tear it down and start again. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm going to remodel, but I'm still confined to the old foundation. And it's not quite what I was looking for. Um, so that's really a tough question. Um, yeah. it, it really depends on if you find the perfect lot and it's got a house on it that is not your style. Um, then I love buying what, buy what you can find and, mm-hmm. and do the teardown. And it really depends on the market too, because right now we're coming out of a really crazy real estate market with COVID. And a lot of these teardown properties were listing their homes similar to a move-in ready house. It was crazy. I mean, you were spending full price on a house and a lot where it was clearly a teardown. Then you had to tear down and still build. Yes. So in those cases, again, we'll put together all the detailed numbers, but some of those were just not worth it. We had one for a client that was on uh, White Bear Lake. It was a beautiful property. I mean, the house wasn't even close to code. No. By nowadays standard. <laughs> I mean, there were some areas that we were ducking to walk through. And it was tilting and like, I mean, it was, there was no chance of even a potential remodel. It was a thousand percent teardown, but they were listing it at, I think it was like 900,000 or something like that. And some of the neighboring houses were the same value. So then you tear it down and the homeowners wanted to build about a million dollar home. And you have to, you know, sometimes, especially lake properties, it can handle a $1.9 million budget, but did the homeowners want to spend that? You know, it's just, it's, it's figuring all those details out. Yeah. So next, next question would be for you, Danielle. Why is it so hard to find a lake lot in the land of 10,000 lakes? Oh, funny that that question follows my story. (laughs) Oh gosh. I mean, I agree. I would love a lake lot, but yeah, I just think that every, you know, they've been really snatched up in, easy areas so if you're kind of close to the twin cities everything's built on so there's not an open lot available unless it's a kind of a crazy unique lot or a parcel that's been split it's very rare to find that so with the lake lots it's either finding homes that you can remodel or tear down or going further out so it's just all been built on and that's that's the truth of it so we're doing a lot of that where it's either just like you mentioned figuring out remodel or a tear down and then making sure the appraisal value can hold it. And usually with a lake lot, uh, it's very rare that it can't. Yeah. I think another reason for that too is, you know, as time goes on, the, the lake lots are just getting more and more expensive. Um, you know, it wasn't that many years ago, two hours outside of the, the metro area, they were literally cabins, right? You'd go there on the weekend. You didn't have to spend a lot of money, but it was your weekend cabin. Well, now those weekend cabins are being torn down and those are million dollar lake houses. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to commute two hours each way necessarily to your job. Um, You know, so people are, well, I'm going to spend the big bucks on something that's closer to town and we're going to live there year round. 
Yeah. So that increases the prices as well. Um, but it's just, it's supply and demand. There's more people that want to make living on the lake uh, instead of just a cabin. Yeah. And I do think COVID really changed that. There's been a huge uptick in jobs that where you can work from home. Mm-hmm. So if people can do that and they're two, three hours outside the cities and don't have to be, you know, close to an airport or major airport, um, why not? You get the privacy, you get this lake lot. But yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, we're seeing people build very expensive homes, very similar to what we would see at the price points of, you know, the suburbs around the Twin Cities. So it is hard to find that cabin. I think also over the last couple of years, everybody has been in search of a cabin. Yes. And typically, you know, it's different everywhere, but gosh, that range that you can find a cabin in Minnesota and Wisconsin has always ranged from two, three, four, five hundred thousand. And now, gosh, finding something for five hundred thousand is a challenge. Yeah, it is. Unless it's, you know, small or tear down or something like that. Right. So All right, Danielle, last question for you as well. Okay. How do you find a beautiful lot to build on? Well, I think the key thing is working with a real estate agent. We work with a lot of great real estate agents in this area. But the reason I say that I know there's a lot of resources online. So people can look online and find a ton of information. So sometimes people are thinking, gosh, I don't need a real estate agent. They're not bringing me any new info, but they are. You know, the stuff you're seeing online is the real estate market. When it's good, when you have a good house, a good lot, it moves and it moves quick. So everybody who says, gosh, I've been looking for the last year. Well, you haven't been getting the information in real time where it's, you know, real estate agents can get you lots before it hits the market or the day of, and it really does go that quickly. So if they know what you're looking for, you're paying for them to constantly watch it for you. Something that you don't want to or have time to do. And But really it's, it's knowing that before market listing. And that's where your builder can really help too. So, you know, at Style & Structure, we partner with a lot of developers And developers get approached with lots all the time. You know, one of our developers just called us saying, hey, this client had a 10 acre lot seeing if I could turn it into a neighborhood. It's a little too small to turn into a neighborhood. It actually is an area in Afton that can't be split up. They don't split up lots, you know, very easily or, you know, they have these five acre minimums. So really he's calling, but it's a one acre parcel. I mean, or a one home parcel. So he called us saying, hey, would you have a client for that? So we talk a lot in the industry. It's a small industry. Sure is. We've talked to developers, realtors, trying to find stuff before it ever hits the market. So it's amazing how many deals never make it online. So for people who aren't working with their realtor and builder to find a lot, they're missing out on a lot of great opportunities. So really a team effort. It really is. And I think it's fun too, just going through that process of finding the lot because there is so much to consider from the location to how big of a lot that you want, privacy, what schools. And again, if you're working with your builder in this process, we can really start to factor in you know, what kind of house you want. Do you want that walkout lot? What kind of views are we looking for? Do we want a south facing driveway, which I never knew was a thing. <laughs> 
But it's a big thing in Minnesota for that ice melt. I mean, there's just so many things that we can be looking out for and, and making sure you find that perfect lot. Or even just, again, how are you going to live in your house? I always dreamed of, you know, my sunroom being on the sunny side. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I don't like the sun. It should be on the shadier side or the bedroom windows should see the morning light. There's just so many things to consider. And, you know, we take all of them in. Yeah. So a lot of homeowners that I'm working with at this point, I'll reach out to them. They say, gosh, we've been looking to build our dream home for, you know, a year or two or maybe more. And they just find it a really daunting task, especially finding the lot. And it's because they haven't had a team working for them. You know, we are the experts that you're hiring to help you find that dream lot and that dream home. So let us do what we do best. We can really make it a lot more fun, find properties that you actually want to look at and weed out the ones that you're never going to consider. And that's why we really break it down into steps like we do, because you take it one step at a time. It's not as daunting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we do have all these steps posted on our website along with that site visit checklist. Now that's gonna be a really key tool as you're looking for a lot. So we're gonna have that on our website for a limited time, but something really great to consider and that if you're working with style and structure, we will always have that site checklist as we're looking at your lots, helping you figure out if it's the perfect lot to build on. So coming up on our podcast, We have really put together a great segment for you guys, just multiple weeks of talking through the entire build process. There is so much to consider and we're breaking it down every step of the way. Yeah, I just can't wait to just bring everybody along the journey of building the dream home because again, it's our passion. We love just every step of the way Uh, and to share that with you is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think for people who haven't built before or built on their own lot, We know it seems like a really impossible process that's long. They don't understand it, so they don't even want to consider it. But it's just really exciting when you can get everything customized and tailored to you and you're not fitting into someone else's space. Someone else designed their home for their family. It's like we get to make your home personalized to you, unique to how you live, and it really is not that hard as long as you feel like, hey, I understand this process and I have a team walking with me along the, along the way so we can really have fun along the journey. Yeah, that's so important to say just because, you know, there's a lot of people that just, they can't envision necessarily their perfect house, but they've seen other houses that they thought were great. But that might be a combination of four or five different houses. Yeah. Um, so being a custom builder, uh, we can just put all of that together. Take your ideas, take your your dreams and really put them all together in one spot. Yeah. Put them together in one spot and really keep in mind what is your budget combined with what are you looking for and really make the perfect home for you. Yeah. Custom does not always mean more expensive. It just means we're catering to you personally. So next week we're going to be talking about that next step. So now that we've found the lot, we're going to talk about designing that floor plan. So we have a special guest, Justin, He is our architectural designer at Style & Structure, and we're gonna be talking just through how do we design this home around your lot, around your budget, and around your style. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. Again, I'm Joe. And I'm Danielle, and that's another episode of If If Walls Walls Could Could Talk. Talk.